0: Walking worthy. So we're talking about a walk of worthiness. That's the series we're on. And this is a walk of growth. God is passionate about each one of us growing and maturing to become more and more like Jesus. He's passionate about that. He is active in our lives to do that. And he's also passionate about growing his body. He wants more people here every Sunday. It's great to have new folk here with us today. We're so excited that you're here with us today because God is excited to have more and more join us. So this walking worthy is a walk of growth, both in our maturity and in more and more people coming into his kingdom to spend an eternity with him. He's excited about that. He's passionate about that. And he's not going to let us go. He wants us to walk worthy. He empowers us to walk worthy. And you and I can walk worthy if we just put our hand in his and say, help me to walk worthy, Lord Jesus. That's what my life is about. My life is not just meant to be a boring everyday routine. I can walk worthy in the middle of washing up the dishes for the 10th time this week, if you're Olivia, because your job is washing up. I can walk worthy when I'm just doing the same old thing on the bus on the way to the hospital. Rosa could walk worthy and say, Jesus, you are with me. Help me grow in my faith and know that you are going to be active in my life today. Let's walk worthy. That's what this series is about. And today, specifically in relation to our growth. You know, he reminds us in his word. He says through Peter right at the end of Second Peter, at the end of the third chapter, I think it's verse 18, he says... Grow. He says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grow. Keep growing. Keep moving. He really wants us to grow. And today, we specifically want to look at how we can grow in our walk in love. And how we can grow in our understanding of how to speak the truth in love. And we can only do that if we go to the one source of truth and the one source of love. God wants to pour out his truth into us every day. God wants to pour out his love into us every day so we can walk worthy, speaking the truth in love. And if we speak the truth in love, do you know what? We not only grow in our own walk, we help each other to grow. We help each other to mature. The whole place grows. So let's learn about speaking the truth in love today. Let's go back to the beginning of walking worthy. Where did this whole idea come from? Mark looked at Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 to 6. We've looked at this scripture a number of times, but let's go back to the basis of walking worthy. Here's his word, exhorting us, commanding us to walk worthy. Paul says to us, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, that you walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And then we looked at three choices that we have. That idea of working, wor- working worthy, walking worthy, the idea of walking worthy is this idea of making one's way. So we have a choice about the path that we take. If we want to walk worthy, we want to take Jesus' path. We want to take his way. So we've got a choice here in terms of walking worthy in terms of what direction we go. You know, we can go with Jesus. Because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's giving us direction every day if we're awake and if our eyes have been opened by him and if we're constantly focused on him, he says, I'll show you the way through. I'll show you the way to walk worthy. But it's a narrow path, guys. And there's only one way to walk worthy. And that's with Jesus because there's a whole heap of other options that we could choose because we get to choose our path. And the other options, they go in lots of other directions. And those directions don't mean that we grow. Those directions are the broad way. Those directions are all the lures in the world saying, come this way, come this way. So we get to choose our path. What else do we get to choose in this walk of worthiness? We get to choose our pace. You see, Jesus went to a lot of bother. He went to a lot of heartache. He went through a lot of pain to ensure that you and I could come to God without our sin separating us. So he does so much work to bring us to the point right here where we now start the walk with him with him living inside of us, guiding us, directing us, showing us, telling us, come this way, don't go that way, that's not safe for you, come this way. And you know, after that happens, after we say, thank you, Jesus, yes, I want you to be my Lord, and yes, I want you to be my saviour, if we do nothing else, our progress stops. So we get to choose our pace in terms of how much we're going to become more like Jesus. We can either stop there and say, Yep, got everything I need for life and godliness. That's what Jesus' word says. That's what God's word says. I don't have to do anything more. I can sleep. Jesus says, don't sleep. There's more. He says, come with me. Keep coming. Keep coming. There's more I want to show you. I want you to grow. I want you to become more like me. Because you can really make a difference. The more you like me, the more you can make a difference with your life. So keep coming with me. But that's your choice. You get to choose your pace. You can either sleep and say, oh, I said that prayer thing, or you can say, Jesus, take me, show me. Show me how to be more like you. And then there's a third choice. There's a third choice to make due use of opportunities. We also get to choose our opportunity. You know, we've been talking about crossing the street. And Jesus says... There's a lot of trucks and there's a lot of buses and they can hit you if you decide you want to say when to go. But I'm going to give you some traffic lights here and I'll tell you when it's safe to go. But you have to be listening to me. So you've got to be ready to hear my voice and when I say go, go. Go. See, the problem is we can choose to be listening to him, we can choose to be focused on him, we can choose to wait for his timing or we can be distracted standing there on the side of the road. Whoo, chicky babe in a bikini. I think I'll just watch her. Oh, I like the mag wheels on that car. Actually, I wouldn't mind some mag wheels like that. In fact, yeah, my car's terrible. Oh, is that my neighbour in that car? Oh, how come he can afford that? Oh, gee, yeah, I really need to work harder. Actually, I just checked my look in the mirror while I'm waiting here. Ooh, I'm looking good. Actually, maybe a few gray hairs. Maybe, maybe I should change my hairstyles. I should get some new clothes. Do you see how easy the distractions come? Jesus says to us, I'm going to give you some opportunities, but you've got to be watching for me because I'm going to give you lots of opportunities, but you've got to be ready. Don't let the world distract you. So our spiritual progress, our walk of worthiness depends on a choice of your path, of your pace and of your opportunity. That's where we've come to so far in the series. So when are we called to work worthy? Is it just on Sundays? Is it just when we're praying? No, we're called to walk worthy all the time. And especially we're called to walk worthy when we're talking to somebody because he wants us to love one another. Because what happens if we love one another? Those people out there who don't know Jesus will know we're his disciples. There's something different about you when you walk worthy. But how? How do we do it? And that's what we want to look at today. We want to look at this idea of speaking the truth in love. And I bet your life is a lot like my life, that that ain't so easy, especially if the person you're speaking to is one of those annoying people, one of those frustrating people, one of those whingy, whiny people. You think, oh, I have to talk to them again. I have to speak the truth in love. What about if you're angry? What if you're frustrated? What about all those negative emotions that we've brought to Jesus this morning? What if we say, Well, I'm just angry, so that means I can just spit at you? What if I'm really sad? What if I'm really depressed? I've got enough issues of my own. I can't listen to you because I've got enough on my plate. Speaking the truth in love, it's a tough gig. If we take a hand out of Jesus' hand, if we think we'll decide the path, we'll decide our pace, we'll decide which opportunity without interacting with him. You know, speaking the truth in love is all about saying, what direction? What direction should I take with this person? Should I talk to them more? Should I ring them during the week? Should I back off and leave them alone? He's wanting to show us how to speak the truth in love. Even in those really difficult situations, even with those really difficult people that drive us up the wall. He wants to show us something from those people that drive us up the wall. He's especially put those difficult people in your life and my life to help me grow and to help you grow. We don't like it. I don't like it. But he uses that as an opportunity to help us to to really grow. There's two essential elements in speaking the truth in love. This isn't rocket science, is it? We need to have truth and we need to have love. That's the way. Jesus speaks the truth in love all the time. No matter who's in front of him. No matter it's a depraved sinner. No matter if it's a proud Pharisee. He speaks the truth in love all the time. Sometimes... We emphasise one over the other. Jesus doesn't. He holds both. Full dose of truth doesn't hold back. Full dose of love doesn't hold back. But sometimes we want to give people a full dose of truth. We want to let them know. And we want to let them know now. Because this is the fifth time we've talked to this person about this same issue. So we have to really push that truth hard because they're not listening to us. So sometimes... We say, do you know what? I'm going to really push the truth, emphasise the truth, but at the expense of love. Love becomes little. And then there's other of us, when we get stressed, when we get fearful, that anxiety and fear we're talking about this morning, it pushes us to either push truth at the expense of love, or it says... I'll just be loving it doesn't really matter really about the truth I mean we really emphasise love and truth becomes very little We, we just accommodate everything and everybody and we agree with everything and the love covers a multitude of sins we even grab scriptures to actually justify it and we say it's all about loving people and tolerating people and agreeing with people about everything and then there's the sneaky one and the sneaky one is instead of taking Jesus by the hand and saying, show me the way, I need to speak truth and love, instead of saying, I'm going to let them have it, and instead of saying, I'll just agree and keep things smooth because it's a bit uncomfortable when I have to confront with the truth, the sneakiest one is the one we talked about this morning. It's the anxiety and it's the fear that says, ooh, there's that difficult person. I'll just... I'll just avoid them because it's all too hard. It's too uncomfortable. And uh, I just think that I'd prefer to go back and live my own life and not worry about them. Let's just say Shandell and I decided to go clothes shopping. And I said, Shandell, I would really like it if you could take me clothes shopping because I find buying a pair of jeans really difficult. Especially, have you noticed all the jeans now are skin tight, suck in every part of your body? And I'm thinking, I really don't want to buy a pair of jeans that are going to look yuck. So I say, Shandell, would you come with me and help me? Chandel, of course, says yes, because she's one of those helpful friends that always says yes. So I'm getting out all these pair of jeans, and I want you to imagine that I put on a pair of jeans... And, oh, my goodness, they cling in all the wrong spots. They just look terrible. It's like, oh, my gosh, Liz. And then I ask Shandell the dreaded question. I say to Shandell, Oh, Shandell, just wondering, do you reckon my bum looks big in this? Shandell has a choice. Shandell can say, um, the truth of the matter is It looks huge Absolutely huge Pockets are in the wrong spot It's just wrong So she could tell me that She could say, Liz, huge I can't bl- I'd never realised your bum was so big It's just enormous Can't believe it She could do this Or she could go this way And say, looks great Yeah, lovely, great, really, fantastic. Or she could do this. She could say, oh, is that the time? I've got to go. Look, um, I'll get back to you out that door. Got to do some shopping. We can emphasise the truth at the expense of love. We can emphasise love at the expense of truth. Or we can just avoid the whole situation. Or... We can do what David says and says, I'm casting all my anxiety on you. I have my friend here. I need to speak the truth in love with her. And I have no clue how to do that. I'm just scared. I'm going to hurt her feelings. I'm scared about lying. I just want to run. Fear says run. And you know what? Maybe God would just give Shandel words like, you know what, Liz? I reckon that maybe that's not the right cut for you. Maybe there's a different cut that might suit you. Let's keep looking around. See what else we can find. I'll get the message. Oh, yeah, they're not good. But she's actually uttered the truth in love, but she's bounded her love with truth. That's Jesus' way. He says, speak the truth in love. Hold on to both of them. And do you know what the devil does? One of his schemes is to say, I know how to get you to take the broad way. I'm going to use fear and intimidation to get you to choose one of these ways in the broad way so that you go in the opposite direction. See, we don't cast our cares onto Jesus like David said because he cares for us. He cares for us enough to show us the way. But fear and intimidation is, is one of his favourite schemes. If he can chain you up with fear and intimidation, he'll tempt you to use one of the other ways. And one of the things that we want to focus on today is this idea of bullying. Because bullying is rife. And you young people, there now are more and more methods for people to bully you. It's not just face-to-face, and in fact it's worse because the bullies who are scared themselves have free reign, it seems, when it comes to texting or cyberbullying on the internet. So you need to be equipped to speak the truth in love when you get bullied, not if, it'll be when. Adults get bullied too, don't get me wrong. But you want to be able to speak the truth in love. In the eight years between 2004 and 2011, here in Queensland, how many children do you think suicided? That's eight years. In Queensland here between 2004 and 2011. Because remember, the prince of this world, his aim is death. Jesus says, I've come to give you life. This way leads to life. The rest leads to death. That's the ultimate aim of bullying and intimidation. Do you know there were 140 children that committed suicide? It's just horrific. Two on Monday? Two on Monday? I didn't know. Oh, did you hear that? Two children on Monday hung themselves in Marsden. In... I didn't know. It's children is less than 18. So 140 in Queensland, not in the US. In Queensland, in eight years, they're now starting to to link cyberbullying in particular as a risk factor for suicide. We have to have some answers for us, and we have to have some answers for the people out there that think God is irrelevant and what difference is He going to make? See, you're sick and you're suffering. Is God making any difference? The man said to Rosa. We've got to say, see, you Christians are being bullied. Have you got an answer to bullying? This is a real issue. You guys can be a light in your schools, in your TAFEs, in your workplaces if you've got a solution for your friends who are being bullied and if you've got a solution for you when you're being bullied. We want to do that today through speaking the truth in love. We don't want this um, phrase, speaking the truth in love, to be abused because if there's one thing I suppose that I hear which... I'm sure you have too, is using that phrase to justify whatever it is you want to say. Yep, just had to let him know, well, don't tell me, well, I'm just speaking the truth in love. We've got to be so, oh so careful, we don't abuse the word of God. And one way is to make sure we understand this little phrase, speaking the truth in love, in the context of the way Jesus gave it to us in his word. So let's look at the context of speaking the truth in love. So the very smallest context we could use when we're speaking the truth in love is just to look at the sentence that it belongs in when we read it. This is the sentence that it belongs in. So it's a long sentence. You can see this. It fills the whole page. So it's long up there, I know, and it's all squished. But I need to give you the context of this because that's important to understand what does God really mean by speaking the truth in love? So if that's too squished up there, feel free to open your Bible or open your iPod or whatever it is you're using. Otherwise, follow it on the screen. So Ephesians 4:11 to 16. And he gave, and he himself gave. That's a really important phrase. Right at the beginning, he says, and he himself gave. So it comes from him. Right at the beginning, we need to get... Truth and love from him. That's the beginning point. We don't want to go to the world. We don't want to go to ourselves thinking we know what truth is. We know what love is. It's got to come from him and only him. He is the only source of truth and love. We'll muck it up without him for sure. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So he's giving to us in different ways. He's equipping us in different ways to speak the truth in love. These are gifts differing. This is spiritual diversity. So we're all different. He's giving to us in different ways. He's giving us different roles to play. But the task is still the same, to speak the truth in love. For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Unity is important and a weighty matter here. He's looking for unity. Speaking the truth in love brings unity, not disunity or division. So for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he's bringing us to something. He's wanting us to progress and grow The whole sanctification process is each one of us becoming more like Jesus every day, learning to speak the truth in love in many situations. And there are difficult situations now. And once Jesus tells you how to figure that out, he'll give you something more difficult tomorrow. So this is the process of growth. He says, I give you everything for life and godliness. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit the moment He opens our eyes and we're no longer blind. We can see. We are his. We are his disciples. And then he puts an L plate around our neck and says, now listen to me. You have the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need. But you can choose not to listen to me. You can choose your own path, your own pace, and your own opportunity. If you think you can speak the truth in love without me, You've got another thing coming because you're going to really struggle and you're going to go that way, not that way. So this, speaking the truth in love, is in the context of growth, spiritual growth. This is God's provision and plan for his church to grow. So we've got to remember, each one of us has an L plate around our neck. That helps me when I'm talking to that difficult, annoying, whinging, (laughs) frustrating person. Because I know sometimes I'm the whinging, frustrating, annoying person to them. Because I got the L plate as well. We all got L plates. The only one without an L plate is Jesus. So he says, here I give you everything you need. Now listen to me so you can use it. Learner, listen. Maybe you could make the L listener instead of learner. Okay, so we're coming to the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children. You see, this pace of growth means we stop and we remain children unless we continue to mature, until we grow up. We need to be men and women of understanding. So children, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And there it is, speaking the truth in love. May grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Each one of us supplies something to this body. Don't let the devil tell you otherwise that you don't matter, that you're not good enough, that you don't have any giftings, they're lies. Each person, each joint supplies something to this body. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, every single person does their share, which causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So there's three little colours in there because I want to talk about these three major contexts. These are weighty, weighty matters. If we look at speaking the truth in love out of context, we run into trouble. He gives us speaking the truth in love in the context of some really weighty matters. He's talked about spiritual diversity. He's talked about unity. He's talked about growth. And growth, he's passionate about growth. Jesus came to grow his kingdom. He wants more, addeth, more added to this body. Make us grow, King James says. He wants us to grow. So that's the purple writing. The green writing This is all about edifying. Speaking the truth in love is a way of edifying ourselves and each other. What on earth is edifying? Edifying is building up. Edifying is progress. Now, it's interesting. The Vines Bible Dictionary says, progress through patient effort. So if I'm talking to someone that's really annoying unless I'm patiently putting in some effort with them, there's no way they're going to grow from what I say to them. My words will just be gone. But you know what? If someone is speaking to me and they're not speaking to me with the truth in love, I'm not going to be built up either because I need people to be patient with me too. So this idea of edifying, building us up, maturing, becoming more like Jesus... The the Greek word means progress through patient effort. It's about growing the other Christian in terms of their wisdom, in terms of their holiness, in terms of their humility and it's also in terms of their happiness. Wisdom, humility, humility, Holiness, happiness, they're all a byproduct of speaking the truth in love. We get edified and we edify each other. There's growth in our walk with Jesus, all because we speak the truth in love. And there's a third colour there, which is the red, and that's the love. You see, love is all about building each other's up. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, we know that love builds up. And what puffs up? Knowledge puffs up. So when I speak to you in love, if I'm trying to tell you about all my knowledge, yeah, let me tell you, uh, let me give you 20 scriptures that I've memorized on that topic. Let me show you how knowledgeable I am on that topic. That ain't doing any edifying or growth. That's just puffing me up. I'm trying to look good. I'm trying to be proud. I'm trying to look smart. Now, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. This idea of spiritual growth is all about loving. It's in an atmosphere, it's in an approach of love. And you know, Jesus' Jesus' words could be tender and gentle with the sinner that comes before him on on their face, saying, Lord, I've sinned, I, I just... I am just so, so grieved that I've upset you. And Jesus will speak to us. He will speak the truth in love to us. But you know, when the Pharisees were confronting Jesus and trying to trick Jesus, I mean, they were his enemy. His words were scorching and they were pretty harsh. But he never left the bounds of love So speaking the truth in love Is huge In terms of the spiritual growth Of God's body So let's look at these two elements of love and truth We looked at love just last week We looked at this scripture that comes just before the scripture we're looking at today Be completely humble and gentle be patient. Mark said last week, ruling over your pain and discomfort. Patience is about ruling over the pain and discomfort in a certain situation where you feel like this is really tough to know how to speak the truth in love. Don't avoid it. Don't run away from it. Don't attack. Don't agree. Rule over it. Say, Jesus, help me to speak the truth in love in this situation. That's what love does. You know, God is so patient He just wants to pour out his patience onto us. We can see that one of the qualities of his love when he interacts with us is his patience. He's so patient with us. He continuously is coming back to us. And have you noticed that sometimes God comes back to you on the same issue? He's expecting us to be patient with others when we feel like we're coming back to the same issue again. it's really um, easy to say, I've already spoken to that person already. They should know by now. Why haven't they grown up? But you know, sometimes people have to speak to us a few times till we get it as well. He's talking about patience in love. He, He wants us to be patient. You know, God has been extremely patient with me. I mean, stop just for a moment and think about how patient God's been in your life. Think about a situation that comes to mind. Think about how God's come back to you again and again on one issue that you feel like you're struggling with. He doesn't give up on you, does He? He rules over the pain and discomfort of coming back again. One of the things He's had to really rule me on is my lead foot in a car. I love driving fast. You know, a few years ago, Warren bought a Bellina V8. I liked that car, but that was Warren's car. I used to drive a little car, and it had a little engine. So when I got in that big car, with that great big motor in it, whoo, it went. You put your foot down, it, whoop! you have that feeling of power, and whoo, look at me, and I'm thinking, oh, I learnt to drive, and you know, I was a kid, five or six, so round the farm, so I'm a good driver, Who Problem. That's self-confidence speaking that's sounding a bit proud to me but here I am, this was a couple of years ago way out the north side. So I had Warren's car and I'm driving along let's see how fast this baby goes and then my two young man friends on the side of the road dressed in blue were interested too about how fast my car could drive. But you know what, when I got out of the car they didn't do this to me. They didn't ram it down my throat and yell at me. They certainly didn't agree with me and they certainly didn't avoid me. They just said to me, ma'am, any reason for you to be speeding? Nope. Do you realise this is a 60 zone? Nope, I don't think I even looked. And they said, is this your car? Nope. And then they said, is this your husband's car? At that point I was so humiliated. So God was showing me, slow down Liz But he's patient and I'm sometimes a bit hard-hearted and a bit thick So two weeks ago, Mark and Jenny and Julie, Faint and I Went to look at this venue Because we're looking for venues for different events in the future for CDM Went and had a look We're driving home, so we're way out at Mount Cotton And I'm driving along and just, you know, singing along, I think, to the music, not thinking about much. My two friends are back on the side of the road, very interested in in my driving, pull me over, show me the little gun with the red numbers on the back, they're showing me the truth. There's no doubt in the truth in this situation. I'm speeding, ma'am, any reason for you speeding? No. Did you know this was the 60s zone? No. Now I'm starting to think, I've got no idea how fast I was going you know, he asked me for my driver's license. He walks around, he's writing out the ticket and he's taking an awfully long time, an awfully long time. So what do you think about while you're sitting in the car? Do you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about, he's going to come back and give me a speeding ticket. I'm not going to say thank you. I'm not going to say thank you to that man for that attitude. I'm not thanking him it's going I'm going to lose three points. Yep, I know, speeding, speeding. Three points and I'm going to get a big fat fine, which I still haven't paid, a big fat fine. So I'm thinking, I'm not thanking him for this. But you know when someone gives you something, it's like that automatic response. I'm thinking, I'm not going to say thank you. I'm not going to say thank you. Do you know the scripture that comes to mind? Strain the gnat to swallow the camel. I am dealing with the little gnat here in terms of do I say thank you or not? You know what the bigger issue is? I broke the law. I'm making life unsafe for me, I'm making life unsafe for others. That's the camel, not even going there. I'm getting so concerned about this tiny little nitpicky, ritualistic, tiny little detail. Do I say I'm not saying thank you when he gives me the ticket? So, after sitting there, and he took a long time to write out the ticket, he comes around the sun thing, I'm not saying anything. So I'm just looking at him. And he says. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> <laughs> he got me. It was like I'm weighted to... up. I was floored. I was just Oh. oh, 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 oh thank you. Oh, and then he shows me the ticket and he goes through the ticket and he says if you want to dispute this ticket you go to the court or whatever and Here's how much money, which is a lot, and three points. Here we go. Thank you. And then he says to me, have a safe one, hey. Do you know, I was totally melted by that point. I was like, he cares about my safety. I was actually teary. Like, oh, he cares about my safety. God cares about my safety. That's why he caught me speeding and he got to speak through this policeman and he spoke the truth in love to me. He could have yelled at me and jumped up and down. He could have agreed with me. He could have avoided. But that policeman spoke to me the truth in love to me. And do you know what? That's changed something in me. I think I've actually progressed a little bit on this issue that God keeps talking to me about. Well, guess what happened on the way to church this morning? Driving along the gateway. Was it the gateway? No, just before we got onto the gateway. Driving along. My goodness, who would have thought? My two little friends again with their little, dressed in blue. Guess what? I wasn't sleeping! (laughs) Do you know what? I really believe that God was showing me that if someone speaks the truth in love with you, they're going to build you up. You're going to progress Because I've been I I tell you Every single day I've had to go And do you know One of the things That it did When I got home From getting that Speeding ticket I was so embarrassed I thought I want to avoid My response Because someone's Talked to me Speaking the truth In love Do you know What I was tempted To do I'll just pay it I won't tell anyone But you know what really got me? Do you know, God is just, his timing is perfect. His opportunity is perfect. My son is about to go for his learner's driver's license in August. I'm supposed to be the role model. God's word says obey the law of the land. So if I don't grow, it's going to affect my son's growth. And then two years later, my daughter will be going for her driver's licence. And it's going to affect her growth. So if I don't get my act together and grow, I'm going to affect the edification of my children. That gets me. That's what I think about every day now when I'm speeding and I go, ah, no. If we don't grow, we're going to affect each other's growth. Okay, that story took a bit long, didn't it? All right, love. Love is the essential element and truth is the other essential element. 1 Corinthians 13 is always the spot to go back to if we feel like, what is the loving approach? God tells us what it is to with. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You know what? You can speak some pretty swift, articulate, sweet words, smooth words, but if they're not in love, it's just a whole lot of loud noise and the echo will disappear like a gong. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. I can have all this knowledge. I can have all these giftings from God. I can have a huge amount of faith. But you know what? Outside of love, zippity doo nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love zip so i can be generous i can be hard working but if it's not done in love zip he says to us they harsh words love is patient the very first positive quality he says it's not this it's not this is is this love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it's not proud So patience, what is it? It's a quality that doesn't surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. It is the opposite of despondency. Despondency, whenever you see that word, I always think of Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. Do you remember Eeyore, the mule, the donkey? It's like gloom, doom, misery, it's terrible, it's awful, it's negative, it's pessimistic. Patience is the opposite of that. It's associated with hope keep going, repeat it again, try a different way when you're talking to someone, if you're feeling frustrated or if it's difficult or if it's annoying or you think they're whinging. He says to us, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Is it difficult to be patient? Yeah, you bet it is. And impossible without God because love comes from God. So with God, all things are possible, including being patient. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So we've been born of God, we have everything. He pulls, He fills us up with his love and continues to know God and walk with God so that we can continue being patient and love. Truth. Truth is the other essential element for speaking the truth in love. He says your word is truth, the essential word of God. Is pure truth. Truth is the reality that is firm, that is solid, that is binding, and therefore it's true. That's truth. Absolutely rock solid. It is the reality. Truth is reality. And what we need is what we read in Luke twenty-four forty-five, And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. We need him to open our eyes to the truth in his word. We need him for truth. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So he gives us his spirit to guide us into all truth. So we're not let alone trying to figure out the truth, trying to understand what God's word said. He says... His spirit of truth will come. And therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, we we know that he has come. And he did come to you when you were saved. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So we can choose not to listen to God, not to listen to his guidance. He is the truth. We can choose not to listen to what he's telling us is the truth. Because don't forget, everyone who's been born of God and knows God. So we have the Holy Spirit, but we need to listen to him, to know him, to walk with him, to constantly be reminded of a truth in each situation we face. One of the warnings about truth is that the truth does not include our interpretations in terms of what we think and feel when we read his word. Yes, it's important and yes, we need to do that. But it's the word of God and we can't put our interpretations and feelings and thoughts in line with the word of God as if it's equal to the truth. It's not our rules and regulations that we can add to the truth. He says, don't add to it. It's not your rules, it's not your regulations, and it's not your traditions, and it's not your ideas. They're not equal to the truth. The truth stands alone, and the truth is from God, through his word. He gives us a warning. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Those you ought to have done without leaving the others undone, blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel, just like I did with the speeding ticket. I'm straining out this silly little insect and gnat, figuring out whether I should say thank you or not because I'm a bit annoyed. The bigger issue is I'm actually doing the wrong thing. God is warning me. God is showing me. He's confronting with me with the truth, and I need to change and grow. What's the bigger issue here? There's a weighty matter here. It's called obeying the laws, Liz. That's the weightier matter, not the silly little matter you're going to say thank you when he gives you the speeding ticket. We've got to be careful not to add those little things in as if they're the truth. Grace, mercy and peace is from God, we hear. He tells us, The Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. It's all from God. God will give you truth and love. So you can speak truth and love. This is a wonderful verse. It says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished... And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So they said, how is it that Peter and John could be so courageous and not avoid? How is it? They've been with Jesus and Jesus will give you the truth and the love that you need and the courage that you need. It's the same for us. If we've been with Jesus, we've got what it takes to be courageous and speak the truth in love. Because grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father, Son will be with us in truth and love. We're not alone when we're facing these situations. If we've been with Jesus, constantly, consistently been with Jesus in our walk, we can walk worthy, speaking the truth in love. Okay. What we want to do now, and I'm watching the time because we're flicking along with the time is I want to show you a a short video and it's telling the story from John chapter 9 of the man that was born blind. This is a wonderful story. It's a really fabulous story for showing us that we don't have to be super duper hyped up ten different theological degrees behind us to speak the truth in love. In fact, what it shows us is that the Pharisees and the scribes who were really high when it comes to qualifications were unable to speak the truth in love. In fact, they got scared and intimidated by the blind man. He was totally unschooled because back then if you were blind, there was no such thing as braille or guide dogs. Back then he was blind and just sat by the pool with a little plate begging for money. He's a beggar. He's right down the bottom of the chain in terms of status or knowledge or education. He's very ordinary, just like you and me. But you know what? The blind man had been with Jesus. And Jesus gave him truth and love. So that when he got into a situation where he's getting bullied now by the Pharisees, the ruling council, the Sanhedrin... He had the words. He had the truth and he had the love. He had everything he needed not to be bullied, not to be intimidated. He didn't avoid them. He didn't get accusatory and judge them. He didn't agree with them either and tolerate and just agree with everything they were saying. He did this. Because this man had been with Jesus and Jesus had opened his eyes of his mind and his heart. This is such an inspiring story. I want you to watch though. I want you to watch for specific things. I want you to watch the blind man and see how he grows and progresses. So he's blind, Jesus heals him so that he can see. Not just physically see, but spiritually see. His mind and his heart. Watch him as he goes from someone timid and scared into someone bold and courageous, speaking the truth in love. In this incredibly intimidating situation where the Pharisees themselves, and the more they got scared, guess what they did? The more they got scared, the more they tried this. But you know what? The blind man kept the way. He chose his path. Because Jesus had opened his eyes and given him the words to speak the truth in love and he stayed there. He wasn't tempted to do this because sometimes when someone's yelling at you, you want to yell back. He didn't do this and he didn't do this. But notice his mother. Notice the blind man's mother. She does this. Notice his neighbours who knew he was blind sitting around the pool with them. They're just totally surprised and sort of sceptical. Notice, too, the Pharisees and their, um, they just get tied up in dogma. Notice how they strain the gnat. Notice the prejudice in the Pharisees. Notice the blind men and notice Jesus. He speaks the truth in love through the whole story, no matter who he's talking to. Here's some quotes to watch out for and then we'll talk about them afterwards. Watch out and listen for when the Pharisee says, the man who did this cannot be from God, for he does not obey the Sabbath law. Now, don't forget the Pharisees, this was their thing, the Sabbath. Pharisees means separated. And you know what? God is definitely saying to us too, we need to separate ourselves from the world. So the Pharisees really had this good motivation and good intent that they need to be separate. They don't want to be influenced by pagan influences. We're the same today. We need to be separate from the world. But you know they took it so far, the Pharisees. They got so rigid. They added their own rules and regulation. They went this way. So watch the Pharisees and listen for that quote. Listen for this beautiful line from the blind man. One thing I do know... One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. And watch for the third quote. Jesus says right at the end, if you were blind, then you would not be guilty. But since you claim that you can see, this means you are still guilty. Okay, have a watch. They're powerful words, aren't they? Jesus just speaks the truth. Those words of truth are forcible... Because they're the truth. The blind man speaks the truth in love as well. And because he spoke the truth, his words were forcible. They were forcible in terms of they were persuasive, they were convicting, they were powerful, they were mighty. Because remember, the word of God is a sword, they're forcible without our approach necessarily being forcible. They are forcible, the words, without actually feeling like we have to crumble. We don't have to run away. We have the truth from his word. We have the spirit of truth with us to guide us, to speak the truth. And he fills us with with his beautiful love. So our message does not budge from the truth. But depending who's in front of us, our approach differs. Just like Jesus' approach differs depending on who was in front of him. I'm going to jump because we're out of time. Did you notice the Pharisees straining a gnat? The Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. They're worrying about him healing somebody on the Sabbath. They're getting carried away with their tiny little gnat, which is this tiny little insect. They swallowed the camel. The blind man shows them that. He says, you don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. There's something bigger going on here. You've missed it. You're so busy with this tiny little detail. You've missed the weightier matter. Jesus has performed a miracle here. Not just a physical miracle, but a spiritual miracle. You see, when the Pharisees are confronted with the truth, they responded in fear. They didn't run away. They didn't avoid. You know, when people get stressed, it's the fight or flight. They didn't run away in flight. They decided to fight. They were intimidated by the blind man, totally uneducated, down bottom of the ladder in status. So they tried to use loud accusing words. That was the way they responded to fear. You were born and brought up in sin and you're trying to teach us. In other words, you're wrong, we're right, we know everything. We're not learners like you, we're the teachers. They don't think they've got a learner. Tag around their neck. We don't need to learn anything, we're the Pharisees. But you know, all the blind men had to do Is speak the truth that he knew If there's one thing I know I was blind and now I can see One thing We don't have to give A great big long complicated story Our testimony is good enough Each one of us were blind And now we see It's a beautiful lesson That your testimony is so powerful and forcible It is the truth You're the walking living truth You embody that truth It's a beautiful, beautiful lesson. One thing I know, I was blind and now I see. That can't come from me. He'd been with Jesus too, just like Peter and John. That's how the blind man spoke the truth in love, in a very bullying, intimidating, fearful situation. We can take away, and I want to leave you with two scriptures For when you're walking in your everyday life, we can all walk worthy. We can all speak the truth in love if we recognize the truth in love can only come from God. And the words that we speak, if they're from God, will never fail. For no word from God will ever fail, his word says to us. It will never fail. Just like the blind man's words or the healed man's words Because we're healed now. They will not fail you. And this one's my favorite. This, let me tell you briefly the context. This is back at the Sanhedrin again with the Pharisees. And this time it's Peter and the apostles. And the Pharisees um, are wanting to kill them. They're wanting to put them to death. And in this situation, what's really interesting is one of the Pharisees actually stepped up to say something. And in the end, it was because he stepped up and said something that saved their lives. And this Pharisee, he um, was one of the teachers. And interestingly, this um, Pharisee, he was one of Paul's teachers. So his name was Gamaliel, Gamaliel. And Gamaliel stood up in front of the Sanhedrin and said these words about Peter and the apostles. He said, If their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. So, you know, it's the same for you and I. When we get into those difficult situations, into a bullying or intimidating or fearful or scary, worrying situation, God's words will not fail us because they are forcible words because we're no longer doing the fighting. They're fighting against God. They're not fighting against us. The mighty, powerful creator of heaven and earth. That's who our adversary is fighting. And it's not even the person standing in front of us. It's the powers and principalities behind. So we can be bold. We can speak the truth in love. We don't have to run away. We don't have to sacrifice love for truth and we don't have to sacrifice truth for love we can speak the truth in love because they're from God they're not going to fail when they're God's words and he takes the fight over we just have to say one thing I know in my life once I was blind but now I can see let's pray Lord Jesus, thank you that we can see. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that when we were blind, when we were totally destitute, when we were rebelling against you, we could still come to you, Lord Jesus, because you made a way for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that for each person, you are able to make us see. It's such a miracle, Lord Jesus, and we are so thankful that we can now see. Help us, Lord Jesus, to choose your path. Lord Jesus, help us to choose your pace and help us to choose every opportunity that you put in front of us. Lord Jesus, we want every thought to come from you. We want every word to come from you. Lord Jesus, empower us today to speak the truth in love. Help us, Lord Jesus, that every word we utter would be truth. Every single word, Lord Jesus, would be truth in love. And Lord, help us to bound our love with truth. Help us not to emphasize one over the other. And Lord Jesus, help us to remember the simple truth that if we have been with you, we can be courageous when our adversary wants us to be scared. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray for every single person sitting in this room, Lord. Help them, Lord Jesus, this day. Help them all during this week. Empower them, Lord Jesus. Help them know that you are with them. They don't have to be fearful because your perfect love drives out every fearful thought, Lord Jesus. Help them this day, Lord Jesus. Help them this week. Help us to stand up. Keep us awake. Keep us focused on you, Lord Jesus. We pray in your holy, holy name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. amen.